Hello everybody and welcome to Volume 1, Issue 42 of the Cane and Rinse podcast. Handheld specialist Kyoto-based Jupiter Corporation released Ghost Trick Phantom Detective in 2010, an original mixture of point-and-click adventuring and logic, timing, stroke time travel based puzzles, this is the most colourful slice of noir you'll ever see. Joining me, Leon Cox, on this issue is Tony Atkins. Hello. And also James Carter. Hello. And also Joshua Garrity. Hello. forward for for potential inclusion in the Kane and Rince, uh podcast oeuvre was it you it was it you, one of you two fellows it was me I think it, I assume yeah it was James yeah yeah cool okay so uh, let's first start with the developer uh, Jupiter so um, other games of theirs people might be aware of uh, they did Mario's Picross and Mario Super Picross for Nintendo way back in the day fantastic puzzle games Pokemon Pinball on the Game Boy Color uh, Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories on the GBA for Square Enix uh, on the DS Spectrobes Picross DS of course uh, Spectrobes the wo- uh, Beyond the Portals and for, again for Square Enix the world ends with you mm. um, they've also uh, done a, a load of Pokeball mini uh, Pokeball Pokemon mini stuff so uh, quite linked quite closely with Nintendo and Square Enix but this uh, they also have a long relationship with Capcom um, so the producer of this game uh, the main man is uh, Shu Takumi who is perhaps best known for his work on the Phoenix Wright Ace to all well it's you can't even call them the Phoenix Wright games anymore because there's the, all the spin-off ones there's Apollo Justice and Harvey whatever the fellow was although I think that may have been handled by another team uh, and Miles Edgeworth as well. Miles it? Edgeworth, yep, that's another one. Well, well remembered. Uh, so yeah, these are the the Gyakuten Saiban or Turnabout Trial, to give them their literal translation, or yeah, Ace Attorney to us over here. Um, probably a more popular and well-known series started on the GBA, um, has since been ported over to. Uh, there's a WiiWare version, DS, obviously, and. Is there some iOS Ace Attorney yeah. action? Uh, they certainly yeah. released the first one. I think the second and third were due to come out, but I don't know if they did. Hmm, interesting. I, I tried the first uh, on, I, on iOS. Okay. So this uh, Ghost Trick first version was DS version. came out in 2010, as I say, in June in Japan. Uh, came out in January 2011 over here. Uh, and the iOS version came out in December in Japan. And only recently did the international version 
for iOS happened just back in February this year. So our personal histories with the game. James, you put the game forward. Was it a recent thing? Or did you play it when it uh, came out? No, I, I got it. Um, I ummed an ad over it, and I think it was one of those games, a bit like uh, next week's game as well, actually, that it had had a little bit of sort of critical mention uh, in the lead-up, people talking about it in this sort of strange way, trying to describe what it was. Mm. Um, and so it was one of those that I didn't pick up right at launch, but about a month later I felt, you know what, this is something that's a bit different. It's something that I, I've heard a lot of positive stuff about. I'm just going to pick it up and try it. Um, so, so that was on the DS? That was on the DS, uh, yeah, February. And I played it through sort of end of February, beginning of March uh, last year. Uh, yeah, it is last year, 2011. Uh, and then I played it again uh, in December. Ah, now, uh, without going too far down this road already, because we want to talk about how much of the plot we're going to talk about, uh, <laughs> this is the kind of game where playing it for the second time, there are certain things which you are aware of that you weren't the first time you played it. Very much, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Josh, what about you? Um, this was a game I always had my eye on. Um, similar to James, I had a lot of people talk about it. Uh, well, not a lot of people, but certain people talk about it. A few people eye. very passionately. Yeah, very passionate yeah. people talking about this game. And um, I, at the time, like this time, when it came out last uh, year... I didn't have. I wasn't in possession of a DS, so I couldn't buy it anyway. And um, eventually, eventually, when I got my hands on a 3DS, it became extremely rare to get your hands on this game. Yes. Uh, so the iOS uh, version was kind of a blessing because it not only was it cheaper than the uh, original uh, DS game, but in yeah, many much. ways, it's actually superior. So um, I played it uh, this year uh, when it came out on iOS and thoroughly enjoyed it. Well, that's ruined the end of the show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not, not really. Uh, so, Tony, you've just played this uh, and you've just finished it just before recording. Yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. Only, I think, 18 minutes before we sat down to do this recording, which is terrible timing on my part. But well, nevertheless... It, it, there, there is, there's something to be said for it being fresh in the mind, uh, I think. <laughs> that fresh, I can tell you all about the ending. Yeah, I, I, finished, I finished it this morning as well. I played it on iPhone, and you played it on iPad? Yeah, I played it on iPad. Um, I mean, much like these guys. I think, actually, the first time I'd heard about it was when they, they talked about it on the Games Critics podcast. Um I think it was Richard Nyack in, in particular. I think it was probably his game of the year. Or it, I seem to remember he was very much high up there. Yeah. So it was something that kind of jumped to me. I was like, oh, I'd really like to try it. But like everyone else, it was, oh, can you get it on the DS? Because there was a bit of delay for it coming over to this side anyway. And it kind of actually just sunk to the back of my mind. It was just, you know, moved on, couldn't find it, moved on. Um, but it wasn't until the iOS release. And I was like, ah, okay, I remember this. And they did a, that one of those canny things on the iOS, which is... It's actually split up into, you can buy separate chunks of it. So three or four chunks, isn't it? I think it's three chunks. You get the first yeah. one free, and then you can buy the next two thereafter. Works out, doesn't it? About uh, it's, it's four chunks. The, the four first, chunks. first two yeah. chapters are free, then it's chapters three to seven, seven to 14, 14 to the end are each yeah. two ninety nine or yeah. six ninety nine for the lot. Yeah, yeah, so, so it's not even a cheap iOS game. I mean, many would no. consider that's a very expensive iOS but, game. But, but much cheaper, as, as of course, uh, Josh said, yeah. than, than buying yeah. or finding the DS version now. So. I don't know if the, the fact that it was obviously produced, the DS version, in relatively small numbers, I don't know if that means that it already fetches a decent price mm. on eBay or whatever, or whether it's just held its sort of value. I don't know. Um, 
but for me, I mean, I actually played the first couple of chapters when it first came out on iOS, and I enjoyed it, but it wasn't, you know, I was like, okay, well, I've got other stuff to do, and I think we were probably doing stuff for this show as well, so it got put on the back burner, so, but it was the one of the ones that came on the list, and we were like, okay, we're going to do that, and I could yeah. finally do it, so I just, you know, purchased a whole lot in one. Yeah, I was certainly aware of it at the time, um, and I knew there was a sort of relationship with Phoenix Wright. I didn't know how quite how close. I, I've tried getting on with the Phoenix Wright games before because I, I very much like the the concept of them, and I like point and click adventures. But I, they never they never quite bit me on the. I, well, I tried to get into the first one like two or three times and failed, so that probably put me off trying this one a little bit. Although seeing some of the uh, some video of it was enticing because of the animation, which we will talk about obviously mm. um i mean as regards to the price like it's a pretty long game so i think it would be churlish to complain about the seven pound or ten dollar price tag on ios i think isn't it always <laughs> yeah it, it, it is uh, i mean you know if, it, even if this game was expectation isn't it i mean yeah people absolutely. are used to paying 79 99 pence whatever it might be i'd, I'd also three, be fast you know? fascinated as well because you know with that experiment obviously you could only play the first quarter of the game I, i'm you know there is people that do that yeah. having brought the probably the ds version and only played the first bit but i'd love to see the breakdown of how many people tried the trial and then went into the second paid content and whether they then moved further beyond that had been fascinating but they will never tell us that of course but yeah and you don't you'd, you'd either have to be hooked by the uh, puzzles, the gameplay, or the narrative—you mm. you wouldn't even necessarily need to be madly in love with both to want to unlock the next section. Uh, obviously, you'd probably not want to hate either of them, but uh, you wouldn't. You know, the, this game can be treated in a couple of ways, I think, in in that in that sense, in that there is—it tells you a lot of story, and there are obviously you know long interactive sections which are puzzles, but uh, the story is probably the thing that you're come away remembering the most more than the I don't know let's let's talk about let's throw James and Josh the 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 ghost trick fans here well I'm not saying we're not fans yet not giving that away but um can you describe the uh the what genre shall we call this because it's not that straightforward is it my first instinct is to describe it as a puzzle game um, right. Although that doesn't necessarily give you a good idea of what it actually is. Um, if someone was thinking of Tetris or Puzzle Bobble, that yeah. this is way more narrative-led than than that. But the mechanics themselves. The me- yeah. yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Mechanically, um, it's just as much a puzzle game as something like Portal. There's always one correct way of doing um, getting mm. through the level. Um, which might annoy some people, but that's kind of what puzzle games are. Um, it's kind of a vi- adventure gamey um, as well. Um, There's a lot of text, you know, yeah, a, yeah. a lot. Yeah, and I have to say, if you're not a fan of reading loads and loads of text, this might actually be a game you want to avoid because yeah. this game has a lot. For me, it wasn't an issue because I I actually got really into that stuff, and I'm sure James did as well. But yeah. um, the lack of voice acting might mm. put people off as well. I, I, I I'm so glad it didn't have voice acting. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah absolutely, I am as well. But but I agree. I think I played through. I so I've got the DS version, and uh, when it came out, I I picked up the. Um, the iOS version as well, just because I wanted to support this game, uh, knowing how I how I felt about it, mm. um, and I just played through chapter one on the iOS version 
today before we started. Um, and that first chapter is incredibly heavy in exposition and yeah, it text. It, every time you think, right, I'm going to get to start this game now, no, nope, there's another text pops up and then it says, why don't you just try doing this? And you you do it. And then it says, brilliant, you've done that, now let's move on to some. And it's it, all hand-holding through that first chapter. I think that I might was... be the thing that would put people off yeah. paying for the rest of the game, potentially. Constantly I was reminded of the Metal Gear Solid Syndrome. Just there's a lot of expedition, and then you know there's a maybe a, a twenty thirty to a two minute segment of gameplay, then back into a lot of expedition again. Just just so people listening to this aren't panicking, I would say Ghost Trick <laughs> is a bit more restrained than Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know actually because the, the well we'd, we'll get further into that. Actually. What do you reckon the actual percentage of playing time versus reading time is once you complete the game? Which I don't know. I didn't actually sort of keep track and it doesn't give you a game clock so I don't know but it seemed like quite a few hours I would say it was about 50-50 ah oh, no way not not even I would say it's closer to 70 watching interactive stuff and because the actual element of moving around the environment which we haven't really described it but we'll get there but we moving around the environment is is pretty sparse in comparison to actually reading a lot of what's going on and then watching the you know almost like the stage play playing out in front of you. I suppose it depends it on depends how, how long it takes yeah. you to solve the puzzles. Uh, and, uh, and, some some and of which are much easier than you, others. You click on every speech bubble and read all the text that's coming up. Yeah, that's my problem. It, There's a speech bubble. You got to click on them. Yeah, and um, the localization is really you know the if if you do like the characters and the story, yeah. it's. You know, it's it, I well, we can't I can't say because I've never played it in the original Japanese, but it's the the English it uses is is strong. I mean, it's you know, it's quite straightforward. It's there's no sort of difficult language in there, but there are there are little humorous sort of grammar related jokes and things like that. It appears to be a really sensitive and um, sort of thoughtful localization. Yeah, yeah, it, it really had me think it. It feels like a game written by someone who was writing it in English, and and for the exact reason you've just said, it's got wordplay that I don't know if that works in mm. Japanese or whether it's a different wordplay altogether. Or so it it really shows that someone took the time to sit down and think about how this plays out. And I think I would compare it most directly to something like a point and click adventure game. When I think about the the way the characters interact and and the the dialogue between them I think about something like Broken Sword it just feels quite well well written and well thought out in terms of the way the story and the dialogue work together I think it's a more pacier version of a yeah. point and click I mean it's in some respects I guess I don't know I'm going to say Walking Dead because you know <laughs> it has action you know it seems like there's more of a kind of pushing narrative there it's not quite as dark as that but there is no. a lot of death no. in it a lot of well, death Shall I quickly skim over what the puzzle element is as well before? We well, get... let, yeah, I was going to say let's talk. We need to talk about both um, the the graphics and the ga- and the actual interactive gameplay part, and they they kind of married, aren't they? So, by all means, the rest of you just go ahead. I'll sit back and drink my coffee while you explain this lot. Um, I think that for me, the best way to to describe the actual gameplay, it's very like if anyone's watched the Final Destination movies. It's very similar to that, except you have the opposite objective. In the Final Destination movies, uh, like a series of things will happen, like a knife will fall off a desk, and that some water will spill over and cover the floor, and it all leads to a character's death. 
Whereas in Ghost Trick, you're doing that stuff to try and reverse somebody's fate, to try and change um, the fact that they died. Um, you do this uh, by rewinding four minutes... Yep. Sorry, go back a bit. You uh, find corpses and you can possess the corpse. I think we need to rewind a bit further. Sorry, Josh. Okay, sorry. Uh, who, are, who are we? Who are you? What are you controlling? Uh, uh, you are Cecil... Um, who has recently died um, that night uh, via mysterious circumstances. Um, there's a young woman by your corpse, but that's about it, and I don't want to go into any further details. No, good, good luck. We're, I'm really looking forward to hearing you guys trying to explain the plot in a minute. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, basically, uh, you discover that your ghost, the spirit uh, that you are has suddenly gotten the powers of the dead which allows you to possess objects and uh, manipulate them you can't go into uh, living people's bodies you can't possess them but anything inanimate you can possess them and move them around and um, but you're quite weak yeah and you can only travel short distances between objects indeed crucial crucial elements these by by dragging your finger or the stylus depending on which version you're playing yeah carry on um <laughs> a lot of the um the main part of the game is actually trying to navigate through the environment trying to manipulate objects so that you can uh, travel from object to object um and um there's a mechanic where you can possess dead bodies and rewind four minutes before that person died in order to re- uh, reverse their their fate, and that kind of makes up the majority of the puzzles of the game. It's all about trying to prevent somebody who's recently died from expiring, and either getting information from them to find out the circumstances of your death, because you don't know anything about who you are or how you got there that night. Um, and that's kind of what the game's all about, is discovering why exactly this stuff happens. It's also worth saying that as well as these lengthy, uh, sorry, these uh, should, yeah, real-time sections, there are lengthy sections where you're not being timed in the same way, and rather than these timing-based puzzles, you're, you're pretty much given as much time as you need or want to... Mm-hmm traverse the the environment and get from place to place uh, you travel from location to location by telephone wire but there are certain conditions to this there are all sorts of conditions that the game keeps throwing up at you uh, which restrict your powers um, yeah it's a really hard game to explain I think I think the the sections you're talking about, Leon, where you're you're just moving between different environments and exploring around them to see if you can see what someone's doing in the environment or try and interact with an object to, to uncover more information, that's the bit that feels like a point-and-click yeah. adventure. And then in each chapter there are usually a single but maybe multiple um, deaths that you're also trying to reverse, and that's when it nails you down it shows you how this person died that four minutes once you've jumped into their corpse um, and then gives you the opportunity in stages to first alter and then completely avert the fate of this person who's died. The hope being that it will bring you closer to finding out more about why you died, but also uncovering what turns out to be a multi-layered, very complex mystery that's going on 
with the group of characters that you start to, to yeah meet. uh well, some of the characters you you save multiple times in different locations the you're playing through the night you you believe that there's a time limit to your investigation um which is the following dawn um so that gives a sense of urgency to your uh your situation um an insane cast of characters are introduced and an in increasingly bizarre and convoluted plot plays out. So before we get onto that, uh, let's talk about these graphics then. So it's presented, uh, it's all side-on. Um, you're always looking at locations. Uh, there, there's a couple of moments where suddenly the game zooms out. There's a couple of little uh, sort of separate animations as well. But mainly, mm. it's all side-on. Uh, you flip between uh, the real world and the ghost world, uh, which uh, is where you do your... Uh, stylus or finger-based maneuvering, but the really striking thing about this game visually is the animation, which is absolutely sumptuous. Yeah, it really is. the The first thing that jumped to mind when I was playing it was Exit. I yeah. don't know how many people have played that, but that's an old PSP no, it's absolute, and XPLA. Absolutely the same feeling as I had straight yeah. away. Yeah, it, it it it's really really stylized characters, um, incredibly stylized in the way they move as well as the way they look. Um, and obviously all 2D and flat. The the thing that I think this has over uh, Exit is Exit had some very nice animations, but the way the character controlled, it didn't always work for the puzzles. No. Whereas in this case, all the animations tend to be occurring outside of your control. Yeah. So therefore, they, they look very, very smooth. Um, the way they did it apparently is to create 3D polygons rendered in 3D but then because it was for a DS and the DS can't really cope with 3D polygons as well as certainly not in such a high resolution as, as perhaps other consoles um, so what they did was they actually kind of flattened um, into 2D sprites these 3D polygons which I, I know almost nothing about this. All I know is what I've I've read. Um, I believe it's the uh, exact same technique as they used in a couple of old Amiga games, uh, Cruise mm. for a Corpse and Another World, which later became known as Out of This World on, on consoles by uh, mm. Delphine, the French company. It's very, very similar to that. But actually what, what it ends up reminding me of the most um, is perhaps uh, Broken Sword. Um, the, mm. the the original 2D adventures, although the animation here is way 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 more um, sophisticated, but it but it is it's not rotoscoped. It is clearly keyframe hand drawn animation, um, and it's absolutely. It's, the thing is, it's not just that it has a lot of frames of animation; it's that it's beautifully observed. Yeah, yeah, very much, and I think it needs to be because without voice acting other than the look of the characters, it's the way they move that tells you about these characters and the sort of people they are. There's a couple of characters in particular, I'm sure we'll get to in the story, that are so incredibly over the top in the way they move. <laughs> that it just tells you so much yeah. about the character and who they are. See, I was I was going to say that, to me, it's, it's almost comic book-esque in, totally. in the way that animation is completely over-exaggerated. The game looks like a, comic, a yeah. cartoon sort of comic, yeah. It, yeah. Yeah, you could be looking at pains, couldn't you, that are, are basically mm. moving. It, it's a really odd situation where I played the first Phoenix Wright, as I said, on iOS, and the thing that put me off that game and meant that I stopped halfway through and never finished it was the animations of their faces when they're in the courtroom. They go from demonic to 
pouring sweat to it's like a cheap anime it's like a really it's like one of those sort it's, of it's really over the top sort of manga anime in, yeah. in that case and it was the over the top nature that put me off I, I, I just couldn't stomach it and it's the oddest thing because it's such a little thing to get hung up on but it was just so off putting to me um, and yet in this case the animations are equally over the top but it's not about facial animation it's almost all about body animation and the way the characters move around the environment. Yeah, there's virtually no facial the, animation. The quirks actually. and the ticks they've got. Yeah. Um, and some of the details um, are extraordinary. Like, there's there's one scene where uh, you're talking to uh, some kind of, I can't remember, detective or inspector who's sitting at a desk and under the desk uh, <laughs> the character wouldn't be able to see this, although he does actually comment on it, I think. Um, he's the, the, the guy's got his shoes off and he's wiggling his toes and you can see every little minute wiggle of every single toe. Um, and this is not even uh, although the iOS version is higher resolution than the DS version. It's not. It doesn't support. It's not Retina supported, is it? It's it's relatively no. uh, relatively low res compared to modern iOS games. But it who it doesn't matter. It looks amazing. Yeah, yeah. The, it's the Justice Minister. I think that you're thinking of is the guy who's always sat at a desk and panicking quite a lot. But um, yeah, I was wondering actually, Tony, because. I noticed a distinct difference between playing it on either DS or 3DS, which I've, I've played the DS game on, on both consoles, um, and then putting the iOS version on. Uh, the first distinction was the, the really nice, really well-made um, opening sequence isn't in the DS version uh, at all. Oh. It, that's a trailer they made, and they put it on the front of the iOS version right. as a sort of... Because you're by, because you're getting the demo free, like you would get at the end of a yeah, demo sure. for the trailer, but they use it as sort of... That's where the whole sort of the background the sort of flips round like a almost like a pop up book in sort of two two and a half D or whatever and kind of you know. yeah it, well it spins ninety degrees yeah. doesn't it and you see all the layers of the two D anim or the two D sort of um, world all sort of on top of one another yeah it looks really good really impressive um, but the the resolution of the game itself is clearly much better there's only a couple of instances where I noticed some of the straight lines weren't quite straight they were a little sort of jaggy yeah. I suppose. I mean, it's hard to tell without obviously having access to the DS version to do a comparison. I mean, but, something but like um, did you notice playing on the iPad? Well, I guess you wouldn't have compared it to iPhone because I was trying it on the iPhone and with the small screen, I guess it benefits. I, I think it would, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it when stuff isn't necessarily natively made for the iPad, uh, that kind of stuff, it it suffers a little bit. It's almost it's not as bad as say just blowing up what an iPhone yeah. game to to fit the screen. But yeah, there was a drop in resolution certainly coming from playing Lost Winds, which has been Retina supported. So, but uh, it it doesn't really matter. It looks fine anyway, and it being on a bigger screen than something like the DS or, or the iPhone, I think it you know it it lent itself fantastic anyway because you could see a lot of that stuff like Liam was talking about, such as feet movement and. Uh, the, the Michael Jackson dancing of the, <laughs> the detectives, you know, it's stuff like that really did pop out of the screen. Although, you know, and a retina display would be lovely, but come on for everything. Okay, now uh, I want to before we launch into trying to explain some of the story, some of the key points, without going into every single detail because that would we'd be here forever. Uh, this is the first game that we've covered on Kane and Rince where I'm slightly in two minds as regards to how we treat spoilers. The simple reason being that this is not the kind of game necessarily where you can put the fact that you've heard the end to one side when you're playing this game. <laughs> it's not like the the sort of game where you're you're massively rewarded by the moment-to-moment gameplay and maybe if we said, oh, and by the way, that guy turns out to be this guy, 
you, you almost will have forgotten. If we talk about the whole story to this game, including the end, that, as we said earlier, massively informs your experience with the game. So, what 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 do you fellas all think well, about this? The, 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 the difficulty we have is, you know, this show we we try to put out for everybody. So, I mean, if you haven't played the game before, then we exactly, try to entice yeah. you in to to this, you know, the little story elements that will push you through. And yes, but for the people that have played the game. It's also interesting for them because then they can hear our thoughts about, you know. That's the thing. It would be a shame not to talk about the end of this game because it's it's quite extraordinary. Yeah, we don't really ever do, like, from this point, you should listen yeah. if you don't mind spoilers. So, I don't know. It's, it sets a weird precedent. I think for me, um, we can talk about the majority of this game's story without it uh, ruining any newcomer's experience mm. of the game. But there are a couple of plot points that come to <laughs> when you know what they are. <laughs> well, I say a couple. See, I'm laughing I do mean... because I... <laughs> okay. <laughs> the the last quarter of this game is packed full of story details that, if you knew going into this game, I think it would actually ruin your experience. I don't mean in a kind of like, oh, well, these characters die or something like that. I mean. It actually fundamentally changes the way you view scenes. Absolutely that right. Now, but the other thing is, it would be a shame, and it wouldn't be like maybe it wouldn't be a proper Kane and Rince podcast if we didn't talk about how fucking mad <laughs> the, the game becomes. And, and that's we, the problem: is the, the ending is so divisive. Seems like a harsh phrase because when you talk about an ending being divisive, it tends to be a game that's been played by a lot of people, like say Mass Effect Three, off the top of my head. But um, in in this case, the people who have played it and are passionate about the game, the ending is a contentious <laughs> issue. And mm-hmm. to dance around it and talk about how the ending was contentious without saying what the ending is, it makes it very difficult as well. So, so. perhaps... Is it worth having a... A spoiler bot type scenario? A sp- uh, you know, where we where we get, we get our editor to <laughs> time it and then <laughs> say, come back. I was thinking, actually, what we should do is maybe have a quick, a very brief, like recommend or not recommend now then go into the plot <laughs> and then because people can people could actually yeah. turn off the podcast at this point go and play the game and then you know maybe they'll come back to the podcast and in all honesty if what we if anything about what we've said sounds interesting the game's 6.99 on ios and free to try if yeah, sh- yeah. And free to try you should be playing it now and and stop this podcast and come back yeah, I mean, I I think we, we set out a goal on Kane and Rince to to talk about yeah. every aspect of the game. The the thing that holds me back from from stuff like that is that it didn't necessarily have in it well the the very end of what the reveal is. You know, that's not what I felt about the game for ninety nine percent of the time. It wasn't until the very end that it kind of influenced me and went, oh, so <laughs> yeah, you're leading people into having that that reaction straight off from the bat which isn't necessarily what they're going to feel about the, the full game but you know it's, it's what we set up Kane and Rin to do which is yep. discuss stuff I, I to agree. the very end so and I think what we should I think what what may happen is there may be one or two people who are now thinking oh well I'm just going to listen to the end because I'm probably never going to play this game anyway but when they hear <laughs> the thing we're talking about they're going to go oh fuck I wish I'd played that game before I'd heard that podcast <laughs> so uh, there you go you are duly warned we are going to talk about the whole of the game including the uh, infamous end is infamous right I'm not sure um, and yeah you have been warned you have the choice now to go away and play it and come back you have a cho- choice now to go away never come back um, 
please don't do that. <laughs> uh, so, yes, due warning, fair warning, the rest of the show, any point we might be bursting. Well, yeah, else. that would be kind of appropriate. So, who would like to tackle the plot? <laughs> Well, I have a Wikipedia page here open. I can no, just we never. We ne- that's one thing we never do on this show. <laughs> I know. We, we've kind of covered the setup, which is you 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 start the game as this guy Sissel, uh, um, who is you know a, um, who has lightning bolt blonde hair and he's got suit a Jedward on, haircut. Like very, and let's be honest. Yeah, J- Jedward hair. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I'm afraid it's true. Yeah. Um and. You are coming round uh, and waking up to the fact that you have died. Um, and as you come round, there is a, a red-haired woman um, standing over you mm-hmm. um, who is then confronted by a blue-skinned assassin. That already sounds nuts to me. Um, <laughs> but that's the, that's the setup. That's that's opening scene, you know, in media res where we start. Um and from there, a, a, a lampshade, <laughs> a, a desk lamp, I guess, <laughs> speaks to you and tells you about the fact that, yes, you are dead, but you're still here. You have these powers of the dead. And in Cecil's case, that means he can rewind time four minutes uh, and then can manipulate objects that are close to his soul, which is, is what you're controlling, really, um, in, in order to change things that have happened in the past. The other aspect of his power is he can move down telephone lines. Um, that's where you start, and and the first the first the first level is about saving this red-haired uh, woman Lynn from her yeah, attacker. and it serves as a kind a, um, a good kind of tutorial. Although because the nature of the puzzles yeah. and things does sort of alter quite wildly, it, it you, you're never I don't think you ever feel like 100 percent comfortable as as re- you don't sort of think going into a scene that you're necessarily going through the motions. Well, I didn't anyway because you, you're never quite sure what the motions nope. are. Absolutely not. Yeah. So so that's that's where it starts, and you're you're in a junkyard, I suppose, to start off with. Um, and and what happens after that is that um, the the desk lamp tells you that you have until dawn before uh, after which time your soul will evaporate, go to heaven, hell, wherever you're destined to go. Um, but you'll no longer be there uh, after that point. And I think and he actually says you'll cease to exist mm-hmm. entirely. Oh yeah, actually no, you're right. It, it does. Yeah. Um, and and so. Basically, so Cecil wants to find out who he is and why he's died. He wants to find un, un, or murdered. Yeah, why he's been murdered, uh, and and who murdered him. At this point, he assumes the blue-skinned assassin did it, um, and and the the uh, the desk lamp asks him to to assist Lynn through, throughout the next hours. And Cecil says, "Can't promise to do that because I want to find out why I died." And the desk lamp tells him. Don't worry, that's the same thing. It's all one big mystery Certainly that you unravel is. together. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, that's the setup. That's where we start, yeah. and then. I, I so let's. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, sure. well, before we sort of try and trace go. the plot through a little bit further, uh, let's. This this would be a good example of um, the gameplay. Like, how can can somebody describe sort of how you would ne- negotiate this scene and, and save Lynn in this yeah. in this instance? So, 
being in the ghost, so you you have abilities. So you you have this ghost button, you have this trick button. So in the when you you form yourself into the ghost world, you appear as a blue dot. Um, all blue dots obviously connect to each other. So uh, those blue dots will be on other inanimate objects. As for, for example, a seesaw. If you were to trick on a seesaw, what would a seesaw do? Of course, it would do exactly what you expect it to do, which is to seesaw. Now, what does a seesaw do? That seesaw. <laughs> <laughs> but um, um, but so say for in for instance, in a scene, if there was a uh, a ball on a seesaw and you were to manipulate the seesaw, then the ball would roll down to the other end, which then would um. If you couldn't reach to a further blue dot because you only have a, a very short leash, you'd say, from your position to the, your destination position. So on that seesaw, the ball would go further, so then you'd be able to get to that ball, and then that would take you closer to your next di- uh, uh, di- yeah, just, yeah. direction, yeah. place. <laughs> um, and that's basically how most of these scenes work out. I, I guess... They they become a lot more complex as you progress. Now there could be a timing element that there's only something that is moving yeah. for any environment um, that you need to to ghost and then lock on to that thing. I think that's actually quite early on the game that you need to get onto the assassin's bike because it's it's riding past. Um, so like that's and if you fail that, then there's I think like Josh said that there's normally pretty much only one route that you can take um, and you have the ability to hit a button and basically reset the puzzle and try again and you'll, you will find yourself doing that more and more as the puzzles become that much more complex because it's a bit like Josh actually said like with Portal like there, there's things that will lead you from one puzzle to the next because say a balloon goes up the tree that moves an envelope so you're one step closer to your goal but ultimately you don't work out how you know what's the next step after that goal so you'd rewind time and you'd look at the environment again um and having that time element i think is is a good idea because <laughs> well it's a good idea and frustrating at the same time because sometimes it's countdowns like you have three seconds to the death and you're like i can just see the destination but i can't drop <laughs> to this so it's yeah, you know, it's a unique puzzle element but it is filled with a lot of storyline in between it so uh not so much further down the line uh, you see some footage which leads you to believe that it is in fact the red-haired woman Lynn who you're saving who may well have killed you this is a twist yeah yeah I guess um, well the first thing you find out is that there are is this group of mm. this organization who all have the I, I suppose they're supposed to think they're some foreign yeah. um, power, <laughs> if you like. They have blue skin, and they seem to be this team of assassins who are manipulating events. They mention mm-hmm. something called Temsic, um, and But as you say, so you follow Lynn, and before long you um, find out that, that it looks like Lynn is in, in fact the one who shot you. And uh, I can't remember, just slightly before or after that, uh, you meet uh, a dog called Missile. And Indeed. A Camilla. And a girl called Camilla. Mm. Uh, Missile um, is one of the more uh, crazy elements of this game I think it's fair to say we'll get into that later on but um, the fact that this dog is talking to you was one of the first signs to me okay this game is going to get really yeah, we've crazy we've already had the weird blue skin people in, with their uh, sort of Bondian sort of, uh, control room that seemed quite weird like why are yeah. they blue maybe they're Maybe they're aliens or whatever, and then yes, then then talking doggy, really uh, adorable. Well, possibly to, to, to my taste, quite adorable. Um, I'm 
more yeah. more of a cat person myself, but uh, we'll come to that later. Uh, yeah, the notion is that because you are, uh, you also find out that Cecil can't read. Um, for some reason, he's forgotten a lot of who he is and what yeah. most people would know about the world. Um, but he can talk, and the reason he can do that, he can talk with people, is because he is in so- he's a soul, if- effectively. So it's not that he's talking, it's that he is literally beaming thoughts into people's heads. Yeah. And so likewise, the dog's thoughts are beamed back to him, if you if you like. That That's the conceit, at least. There are many scenes where there are multiple characters all beaming thoughts to each other, and people getting confused as to whether they're thought, thinking or talking or beaming their thoughts, <laughs> and kind of all these sort of almost uh, like farce-type situations of, oh, I didn't mean you to hear that, and all this kind of thing. Yeah. Um, uh, there, were, there were some scenes where I got confused myself as to how certain people could talk to other people, and in the end, you just have to kind of go with it and just assume that when 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 the story needs it to happen everyone can hear everyone else and vice versa i i couldn't tell you if it was consistent well, or not the, the the basic plot of that then is once somebody has died and you have rescued him then they still can hear you yeah. even as even in the living world so they can hear you as a cecil's dead in the yeah, ghost so world so you you can jump to them and have a conversation with them yeah. Um, yeah. after you've inhabited them as tony says when you're dead there's yeah. a call yeah i think they describe it as like a, a the ghost yeah. call or something like that left over from the so they, they even remember their own yes guests, um, even That's after right. they come back to life uh, then what happens <laughs> then then Loads. you start to realise that, that what Lynn needs you to do is uh, well it's around the same time as you find out Lynn's the one who who shot you or at least that's but, the way it looks at the moment mm-hmm. um you, she, what she is trying to do, and what possibly led her into trouble in the first place, is she is trying to save uh, her mentor, mm. her idol, who is Detective Jowd, who is one of the the most famous and infamous police officers. Do we actually know where this is set? Because I always have the distinct impression <laughs> that it's supposed to be Paris. In all honesty, Paris. For some reason, there's something very uh, European wow. about the, uh, the environments and the justice minister sitting at his desk. And, <laughs> you know, I don't know why, but I don't think it's I ever actually said. But I got that impression. There's, it's just kind of fucking wacky madland because it's <laughs> like there's a chicken. There's a there's a very crucial uh, chicken restaurant. Uh, there's, yeah, this sort of weird, it's like a place out of time. It's kind of, yeah, there are definitely European influences. It's, I would say it's definitely not Jap- Japan, where the, the creators yeah. of the game are from. Yeah. Um, it's probably not America, although some of the, like, the sirens and things like that seem more American than they do European. Mm. Um, I think it's just wh- wherever you want it to be, but nowhere on this yeah. earth. <laughs> I always thought of it as Japan's interpretation of what it thinks Europe is like. Um, it's just this really, like, exaggerated... Like, that chicken guy. <laughs> God almighty. Italian stereotype up the wazoo. It's just a bit... Yeah, mental. and the and the, and the, but, the, the um, Jacko uh, dancing... Um, what's his name? Uh, he's got... C- Cabanella. Cab- is obviously a sort of Spanish-sounding name, I guess. Yeah. yeah. He's a... Uh, uh, He's a de- he's Detective Jowd's old partner in the. Jowd, Jowd. What kind of a name is Jowd and Sissel? Yeah, you know, yeah, these, most of the um, you know the, some of the characters. Uh, Lynn obviously is quite an ordinary name. Then there's Camilla, but spelt K A M 
I L A, not like yep. Camilla, like the English version, which has a very Eastern European sort of feel. Yeah, to possibly. Yeah. It's just a kind of big old bizarre mishmash, as 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 is yeah, everything about this so, game, I suppose. So I reckon to speed us up to the plot of where we are, roughly about now, because we have dropped, we've jumped all <laughs> over the place here, actually through some later chapters into yeah. earlier stuff as well. But the the basic plot up, I say, up until halfway through the game, is that Detective Gerald apparently has shot um, That's his right. wife. Yeah. I think it's ten years ten years yeah. ago. It's believed that he's, he's shot ago. his wife now. Yeah, ten yeah ten years ago. Yeah. Five years no, ago. it's five years well, ago. I, the the Lynn um, thing was ten years ago. T- ten years ago is yeah. is yeah the end of the story. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> ten years ago is the end of the yeah. story. That's really going to help all our listeners <laughs> work out what the fuck's going on. But um, so we we have a respected um, officer who no one believes has shot this person, but you know all the evidence points that direction. Um, Lynn, who who basically is her or his mentor, her mentor. He yeah, is she is mentor, also yeah, a, a young aspiring um, detective. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so she doesn't believe and she has basically dedicated her life to actually prove his innocence uh, you also have the Michael Jackson-esque dancing detective who seems to have an ulterior motive to actually see his old uh, friend um, executed be, uh, given yeah. the, executed given the electric chair and this pans out to be something yeah. entirely different towards the end but at the start, you are pretty convinced that you know he's this white-collared dude that um, has to play by the rules, and because he wants to yeah. move up the the ladder. Um, so that's your basic plot, which is this person is is going to be executed within a time frame, and loads of characters fit around that of whether this person is indeed either guilty uh, and should be punished for his crime, or in fact innocent and. Uh, Somehow, Cecil, the the main character, is you know transiently linked with all this stuff going on. Although you have no idea how that takes. I know. Up to <laughs> I was just thinking, yeah, halfway think, through. I just to add to what you're saying. I think it's important to note that it's also revealed that these blue people, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Smurf people, whatever <laughs> you want to call them, are also very keen to have um, this detective executed, mm. and they're plans are trying to like get that to happen as quickly as possible um there's talk uh, in the game that normally this kind of execution would happen like in the morning or something like that well, and also they're trying to get it before. done midnight that night um and stuff that's like that's that. the main thing although the state see they even say the state don't they so it's, it's weird although the state has the execution laws for them they've never been carried out in the last whatever 30 or 40 years so why this one is being pushed through now but the reason I bring all this stuff up because I think one the moment there there is a big plot change that happens and that's at the point that um, the captain or Captain Gerald um, basically escapes prison um, then I think the story goes off the hook <laughs> <laughs> and all sorts of weird yeah. elements and cross things get so if that doesn't sound crazy enough a lot of you know what we will describe at this point but a lot of a lot of the gameplay up to this point you know because ultimately this is a game so there's a lot of story expedition there but there there is a fair amount of game you need to play before you get there a lot of that I actually found to be fairly straightforward and basic like there wasn't too too much variation in puzzles well, um, there was one particular scenario that wowed me the first time I played it. It's when um, Lynn gets yeah, killed. Yeah, I was going to say that's the, probably the best puzzle mm. in the first half of the game. That that section. Yeah, um, where you have to rewind t- time twice because uh, she's had like this <laughs> giant, like chicken. massive effigy chicken of a chicken land on a real top chicken. of her, and it's 
it's been triggered by uh, a car kind of uh, crashing into the Cop window. Van. Uh, not car, but a mm. surveillance van crashing through the window. And so the first thing you do, naturally, is rewind time uh, through from Lynn's perspective because you can't reach the guy who's in the van. Um, and so all the way through it, you're actually manipulating the environment to get to his corpse. And then you rewind time again, and it transports you to a completely different location where mm-hmm. he's off talking on a phone. And now you have to manipulate events from over here to help you in a completely different location. And that really blew my mind, because it's like, oh, it it didn't really pan out the way I thought mm. it was going to, because I thought um, later on in the game what was going to happen is that more of that stuff was going to happen, where, okay, I'm going to go into this corpse, and then I'm going to rewind time, and then I'm going to go into another yeah, corpse. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Inception-like. Was was did this come out at the same time as Inception, in fact? <laughs> I think it did, right near enough. Uh, yeah. I think it did, actually. It was the big thing in um, 2010, but <laughs> going back four minutes more. I think I think Tony sort of hit the nail on the head there. The first half of the game is building in complexity of these puzzles using the one mechanic that you've been shown. And it's the layered complexity or, or the additional timing elements that are introduced. But it's still the same mechanic. You still have Sissel's core powers. Um, and and that, that particular uh, chapter you're talking about is kind of the pinnacle. It's the here's how far we could go with just giving you this mechanic to do yeah but at this point you don't know that you haven't been given all the mechanics the game has to offer yet yeah no and and i'll be perfectly honest with you i was i mean this is a long game you're looking at roughly between 10 to 12 hours i'd imagine first time playthrough uh it probably took me closer to 12 due to wanting to read a lot of the text um so you're talking probably a good six hours in and although i was engaged with the story i the the puzzle elements me it felt quite samey so it you know the the moving from dot to dot and just working out the puzzles of how to to get dots a bit further that makes it sound really basic and it is more complex than that but up until roughly around that pit that, that josh was saying about i was like yeah like it's a it's a neat trick but i don't feel like it you know it's it's legs like it, it doesn't have enough legs yeah. on this to go much further and, and i i was aware this was already a long game and i was actually pretty worried at that point um you know, it it really hadn't entirely grabbed me. I was like interested with the characters because the characters are completely over the top, uh, but also lovable. Um, but the, the actual gameplay, I was like, well, it's like it's nice. It's the once again, I'm finding that we've we've done this once or twice where the core mechanic is interesting, but it's not enough to sustain a 12-hour game. That's what I was feeling around anyway. The six-hour point. I I think for me. Um... I don't know. I felt like the puzzles were so well designed. For me personally, that is, that I just loved every new scenario. It's like, ah, oh, what are we going to do now? Um, because everything, every puzzle scenario, the answer did actually make sense. Apart from a couple of occasions towards the back half of the game, I did feel like these puzzles made sense and they were well put together. And I was kind of just impressed by the um just the design of those uh, puzzles so i get what you mean that like t- about halfway through the game it kind of does feel like okay is there's is there more to this but i was kind of enjoying what it was offering already anyway who right 
So, uh, <laughs> which I can't remember the exact point in the story where uh, you gain the power of Missile the dog. So, so basically what's happened is you've helped De- Detective Jode escape from prison. You've also learned that Detective Jode has spent all these years in prison painting this picture of the person he believes killed his wife. And I think at this point you do see that picture, don't you? Yeah, as he, he yeah. as he's leaving, yeah. he turns the picture around or something like that. I think um, I can't quite remember. Sorry, it's been uh, been a little too long. Um, and and you see you essentially. Cecil sees himself uh, as as the as the guy that Detective Jode claims killed his his wife. Um, so at this point, you know, or you think Lynn shot you, and you're still willing to help her. And Detective Jode is is thinks that you've killed his wife but is still continuing to 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 sort of go along with this there's also a distinct impression that detective jode kind of has accepted his fate in some way as well he kind of seems very calm uh, compared to a lot of the other prisoners in in the uh, in the cells who are up to all sorts of antics we've got a, a punk rock guitarist yeah. and a, a rather large chef who who is sending so- messages or he's digging his way out with a spoon and receiving messages from the punk guitarist upstairs to let him know when the the the, um, the I actually thought this that section uh, was going to be even more elaborate than it was. It was elaborate enough, but I, when when yeah. when it first sort of shows you, you've got a section of probably about sort of six screens stapled together with different levels. It was like, oh my goodness, this is going to be a right head twister. But yes, yeah, so the yeah the um, the 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 punk rocker. Uh, th- this is all tied in as well, isn't it? He's uh, he's blabbed state secrets uh, while um, performing a rock concert. Just suddenly, randomly, uh, in in cha- changed all the lyrics to one of their songs to <laughs> national secrets. Uh, nobody can explain this. And the other guy, something to do with curry and taking somebody hostage. Yeah, it's an, again they're they're all kind of political yeah. prisoners that the state wants to keep super secret, so they're hidden away in this undisclosed <laughs> lo- location. Unit, yeah. And yeah, yeah, uh, with, with two of of the funniest guards, I Bailey can imagine. and his, yeah. What, the, the, what, yeah, Bailey's reactions just so over the top, rivaling uh, Cabanella for the the over elaborate animations <laughs> yeah. and reactions to everything that's going on around him. Is Bailey the one that dances? Yeah, yeah. And you got you got one of the other Despairs ones that um, actually is yeah is actually spot on with everything that he says. He's always right, uh, yeah. but nobody yeah. listens to him because he's too busy. Yeah. Except we made him. Of course, we we changed that by making him wrong by changing fate. Yeah. Uh, has anyone? Uh, uh, is it relevant yet to tackle the uh, the bizarre um, sort of? Rube Goldberg, Heath Robinson setup that reappears in multiple scenes. Yeah, that's actually in chapter five, so it's for, yeah, but it keeps coming back. Five, yeah. So uh, yeah, <laughs> somebody dies it, at the hands of, this, a, of a <laughs> ridiculously elaborate setup. Yeah, a, a, a mouse yeah. trap esque sort of really over elaborate dom- uh, sort of domino um, system, um, and, and the idea is that this really elaborate almost like uh i get what's the other thing we could say about it almost saw-esque <laughs> mechanism that's set it, it seems like whatever happens no matter what sissel tries to do this machine is is 
impenetrably designed to kill a certain person at a certain time and so you you on several occasions have to try and change its behavior to stop it killing someone who who walks in the yeah in the so it was but the the original uh so the original instance of it it turns out was uh responsible for the death of Jowd's wife and in fact it was a it was a, a thing put together by their their daughter to uh, in fact wish her a happy birthday but <laughs> so, <laughs> she didn't know that there was a a a, 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 a yeah a malevolent a spirit, spirit. A spirit and, a, and an antique loaded antique musket on the wall uh yeah and and as you've sort of already said leon at this point you you've already saved camilla and missile from being killed by one mm-hmm. of the blue skinned assassins. Have you saved both of them or just missile? Both no, of them, no. yeah. Um but you have to save missile again and that's the point. Is that sort of that might be sort of chapter ooh, about halfway through the game, isn't it? Um You save yeah, yeah. a lot of the characters yeah, multiple yeah. times. So I think it is the fair. second time you save missile, you realise that that he now has ghosts uh, his own ghost, abilities, his own ability to you know, mm. ghost powers of the dead, if you like, yeah, so ghost tricks. Now this introduces a whole other uh, seam of puzzles. Yeah, so this is what Tony was talking about. This is the extra mechanic on top. So you've got Sissel's set of powers, but then you've also got Missile's set of powers. Um, and, and what he can do is he can move slightly further, so he can traverse gaps between objects that um, that Sissel can't. Um, but instead of being able to rewind time or being able to manipulate objects to do whatever the object is capable of doing, you know, be it strum a guitar or anything, um, what Missile can do is he can swap items that are similarly <laughs> shaped. They don't have to be the same size, but they have to be the same shape. So, say, a golf ball and a basketball, they're balls. So you'd Small be able cog to and a large cog. Um, that, But there's, there's more yeah, to it than that, yeah. isn't there? Because so, this is where the game pretty much... Sort of kind of admits to being a two D side on game, uh, as in to the player. It's pretty much addressing the player because certain objects only look like certain other objects when they're at a certain stage of their animation. Yeah, there was uh, one with a bin lid, I think, wasn't there? Where you had to get the rats to get the bin lid off, and then once it was off, it started rolling mm. like a circle, and then you could replace it with another smaller circle. There's loads of stuff like that but in the game. That puzzle in particular is an evil puzzle because they actually don't allow you to have much time. One, working that out, or two, once you have worked it out, the, the actual character is only about two seconds away from death. So it's not until the bin lid then settles that you can even work. See, so I found myself a lot on these puzzles a lot in the ghost mode because when mm. you're in the ghost mode time is has stopped for you so you can explore around the environment but a lot of the times you still it, it's hard to make out individual stuff you can actually achieve in the environment whilst in ghost mode so you have to come back out of that and that's when the time ticks down so that one in particular it, it took a while for me to to realize that that tin lid was going to eventually rest down an atlas trapdoor yeah and the, the the other another criticism i do have the game sort of mechanically and, and, and in terms of gameplay is that it does sometimes feel a little bit arbitrary as to what are objects that you can travel between and what ones you can't. Um, more often than not, they are picked out, you know, they are a brighter colour, they're brought forward, they have animation, they're, they're quite obviously there. But 
sometimes it's a little frustrating because you think well why can't i just move between those objects you know there's another cupboard there or another switch there that is just simply not allowing me to use obviously for the sake of the puzzle but it can be frustrating Mm. nonetheless yeah particularly in the junkyard environment or some of the yeah some of the apartment environments where there are clearly other things on the wall maybe identical uh as you say items or other items that you think well that should be able to roll or move or yeah exactly yeah it should be able to help me but you have to go into ghost mode to see you have to experiment you, a lot in this are. game yeah, yeah. It, you're basically finding the switches so it's not it's not so unlike a, a traditional point and click in in that way uh, in that you're sort of scanning the environment for what is what is usable you know whenever whenever you're on an object and on the ds version you get a thing a big thing on the top screen of the ds saying this is what you're in and this is and you know it will say the word that you can animate so for instance for a for a set of scales it might say shake or rock um on the iOS version, it's just tucked over to the side of the screen vertically, so it's not always that easy to, or clear to see. You're playing on on the iPhone, particularly, mm-hmm. um, but until you actually do it, you you don't know what effect it's going to have. So there's a lot of trial and error, and um, there are certain certainly times where you have to basically admit defeat. You failed and rewind time because you've done things in the wrong order. Yeah, the game. Yeah, you know, as much as, as I have some criticisms that um, I don't think it mixes up the gameplay enough, but there is times where it tries. One being um, there's a a Splinter Cell esque um, mm. escape scene from the prison. It's uh, my least favorite. You, you bit. find yeah, you you finally um, well there's there's a blackout through this the electric chair. It's actually actually a really interesting puzzle that leads up to this where you need to actually blow up the electric chair before uh, Gaud actually gets anywhere near near it, um, which is quite interesting travelling through all the internal phone lines to, to, and different time events but that then causes a blackout all the cells are unlocked and you have this ability then to escape for the prison um, but they, you know, the trick is that the guards now have night vision goggles <laughs> so they can see you uh, but only if you can see them so they've got really little red dots on, on their faces so you need to manipulate the all goes a bit Metal Gear then, at this point There's, they yeah, have you patrol need to hide underneath and- yeah. Yeah, you need to hide underneath staircases and open trapdoors so people fall for the trapdoors and then quickly make your escape. Um I actually found it like an, an interesting alternative to what I've been doing the rest of the time, but I know you in particular were on Twitter being quite like, Oh my god, what the hell is this doing in my point and click? Yeah, exactly, yeah. For me it was like you because at this point you're not even although you are controlling uh Sissel still, you're the commands that you're issuing in fact you know you're trying to get jowd to to go from one place to the other until you've until you you're on exactly the right thing and uh you can't you simply can't do it and when you are there's virtually no way of telling exactly what path he's going to take exactly what he's going to do it did win me back over slightly after my sort of angry tweet what is this stealth doing what is this stealth section doing in my point and click adventure um by the bit where he goes in between the floorboards and he rolls and again just another <laughs> hilarious bit of animation where he's kind of all tucked up and he's kind of without using any muscles he's just kind of rolling like a like a big fat cannonball ball bearing thing and that that was that was cute and charming and again the game sort of animation won me back over a little bit after a, a section which I didn't feel have a had a had had a place in this particular kind of game for me so so who wants to tackle the second half of the story, which I, I think <laughs> I we're, we're leading into because, you know...
because like, this this is I think where the, the game fundamentally for me takes a, a completely different direction like the story there's a lot of story that gets thrown at you uh, I think the gameplay itself actually steps up a, a couple of notches the puzzles are more complex there's a couple of abilities that you can use the time elements like you know in one particular in the submarine there's water rising as well as you know the, the impending death people now are going so, there's a submarine <laughs> yes so but lay out the story so we can, we can get to some of that later content um well there's a scene this this there's a scene like towards the back half of the game where and it's a big like oh my god this has just completely changed everything where you arrive at the office at the junkyard i believe mm-hmm. and the michael jackson detective is sitting in a chair and then you see yourself holding a gun towards uh, the detective and you realize oh crap um i'm not actually that guy um that's one of the big uh spoilers there had been a few uh, clues along the way that something like this was going to happen but yeah this is the point where it's confirmed that you are not who you think you are yeah yeah you are not uh well you are cecil but you are not this man the jedward haired um, red suited man uh all the way through the game and um Basically, it turns out that this guy, this red-suited guy, also has the powers of the dead. He's possessed by a spirit who has the powers of the dead. But he can do whatever the hell he wants. He's not limited like you are to inanimate objects. He can manipulate living uh, human beings and creatures and what ha- what have you. And it turns out um, Lynn did, in fact, shoot you at the beginning. But... Um, it wasn't under her own will. It was she was possessed by this spirit. Manipulated. More stuff. More stuff that we'll get into later. That that gets really complex. But um, also uh, the detective. I can't pronounce his name. J- Jowd. Uh, Jowd. Detective Jowd's wife was killed by this spirit, uh, manipulating his daughter into constructing this uh, mechanism that killed his wife. Um, and it turns out the whole thing is a plot for revenge because uh, Jowd uh, cornered uh, him when he was escaping from police cus- custody and he uh, took Lynn uh, as hostage. And In a park. The situ- yeah, yeah. And a meteor. Uh, <laughs> this is where the story gets a bit uh, weird. A meteor comes out of nowhere and a shard of it kills... Uh, the guy in the red suit, and um, well, a, a shard of it pierces his heart. And the way he puts it is, he's neither living nor dead mm. from that point onwards. I think yeah. because of the power, this this meteor has some mysterious uh, qualities. The Temsic meteor, which is, I assume, everyone else realised, is kismet backwards, which means fate. Yeah, I I started trying to look at all the other because there's some very odd names yeah. in this game, and I started trying to pronounce them all backwards and realised that it was folly. It's uh, only it's Kis- only Temzik. Kismet is the only one, but yeah. a lot of the other names like Sissel or uh, Tomiel well, that was that was the big one or Yomiel. Yeah, sorry, yeah, Yomiel. Who will come on? Yeah, Temzik, I was, was disappointed, but uh, and I thought at some point the game would actually say, "Aha, Temzik backwards <laughs> is Kismet." That means fate, but it never did. So. No. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, Josh. So he's he's essentially killed. 
well, it turns out the reason why you have the powers of the dead as well is because you were in the immediate vicinity of a shard of this uh, mm. uh, meteor, and the same for Missile as well. When yep. Missile mm-hmm. was got his powers, he was very near the crash site for the meteor, mm. um, and so, so the the, ho- the whole story is basically this guy trying to get revenge on the people who he believes have ruined his life. Because um, uh, he just... He's basically neither dead... He can't die because of this shard. And He heals up really and... Alive. Uh, yeah, you can't, you can't shoot him and kill him and you can't cut him open to autopsy him or anything. He just so, auto-heals. Like uh, and the revenge is that um, he's after the, the captain because if he said he would never have been cornered if the captain hadn't chased him there. And he's also after what would have been... I think she was... Ten, yeah, Lynn, mm. Lynn yeah, in the yeah, park, a young girl. Um, she was basically yeah. eating a lollipop and playing by the swings, and uh, he takes her hostage. And sweet potato, uh, he's, yeah, that's it. Yes, uh, he basically <laughs> says that if uh, if she hadn't been there, then he wouldn't have stopped in that vicinity to to take her hostage. Thus, he wouldn't be in the yeah. <laughs> where the uh, meteorite would have hit him. Yeah, yeah, uh, and then there's the blue foreigners. Yeah, so basically this guy in the red suit with the blonde hair, we now learn, is called Yomiel. He's incredibly powerful, although his power has grown. Initially, he couldn't do much. He couldn't manipulate in in much of a way. Kind of like Sissel. Um, He can manipulate certain things, but he has learned to manipulate people to the point of just bending them to his whim. Um, So, yeah, he... He he's been working with this organization of blue skinned assassins to try and make sure that his revenge follows well, his through. De- essentially, his his deal with them is: if you can help me carry out my revenge, yeah. I will offer my services to your country, and you yeah. can effectively use me as a weapon for the rest of my life. Well, you know, whatever you want to use me for. Mm. Um, uh, but. The uh, at some point in the story, the blue people kind of decide to betray him, and they realise that it's not he, he's not just this powerful being. He gets this power from a particular source, so they steal the shard and uh, essentially abandon him because they feel like okay, we've got the source of the his power, power yeah. so we can just make loads of this guy. Um, which the process sounds quite disturbing. You're just going to kill people so you can have uh, super soldiers. That's nice. Um, yeah, and... Uh, uh, <laughs> God, this story's so confusing. I know. Um, <laughs> well, I guess... Uh, <laughs> I, I guess what we need to say is that Sissel decides that whoever he is, whether he's this guy or not, it's incumbent upon him to help Lynn and Detective Jowd and to beat Yomiel. So you, they, you track him to this submarine, yes? I'm not skipping too far ahead Yeah, that's about right. The, the submarine of the blue-skinned foreigners, which is off yeah. the coast of wherever crazy land we are. Yeah. Um, so you, you track him there, and, and you know at this point that you have a matter of hours before you are going to cease to exist. Um and and the submarine is a, is a really neat environment i think because you have your powers you st- at this point you no you no longer have missiles powers do you 
Or do you still? Uh, yeah, he yeah, he, he, he yeah. pops still, he pops up. Still yeah. There there are, there are a couple of screens where he says he can't help because he's busy guarding yeah. Camilla, which is he, a bit he of pops a. In, on the DS, I think he pops in at the side of the screen and says, "Sorry, can't help here. You're on your own." <laughs> and so it, it it mixes up the puzzles again. Sometimes yep. you have one power, sometimes That's right. you have the other. That's exactly. Um, it. And so you need to move through this submarine, um, in order to free. Uh, the captives that Yomiel has taken, um, and, and and basically save the day is is the idea. Um, in the end, you jump onto a torpedo and fire it in order to escape. Is that correct? But then, yeah. yep, you have to. And, and it's <laughs> hang on. You're... It's the torp. Sorry, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm confused myself. There's one torpedo which you use to uh, jump from. Yeah, I think we've already done that one, haven't we? So the first time you fire a torpedo, you leap from it to the room which has uh, Yomiel in. Oh, no, we haven't done that yeah. yet. I think you're going to get bogged down in the minutiae of the story. There's, <laughs> basically, there's torpedoes and there's sinking submarines. Yeah, one torpedo, of course, you use to move to a different area of the submarine. The other torpedo ends up starting to sink the submarine, Yes. 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 Okay. No, it's all the same torpedo, but you don't blow it up because right. you disengage, disengage the armor on it. But you do make create a hole in the, the bottom of the submarine, which is causing it to sink. Right. So you then need to move up through the uh, the submarine. Oh yeah, the first torpedo was used by the blue skin people to sink their own submarine. Yeah. yeah. But you rewind time. <laughs> blah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> this game's silly. <laughs> but this is it. Like you know, I, I think the the problem we're talking about the minutia of this story. It's a twelve hour game, and as I said, I think there's probably about seventy percent story yeah. to gameplay ratio we've nearly done it though so come on we've nearly we have, done it but you know so like there's there's whole sections we've missed there's there's you know it's, if it sounded yeah. convoluted now like <laughs> play yeah, for I mean, it and the, it would make justice a little bit minister and his wife and the fact oh, that yeah. the justice yeah. minister's being manipulated because he thinks his daughter's been kidnapped when mm-hmm. it turns out it's detective joud's daughter camilla uh who's been kidnapped we haven't actually mentioned that camilla is detective joud's daughter yeah. i don't think no um yeah and Missile is her loyal protector. Uh, Camilla lives next door to this woman who seems like a very high society, aloof, uh, very self-interested uh, and quite belligerent woman. You Romantic then find fiction that she author. Is the, yeah, yes, yeah. You then find that she is the Justice Minister's ex-wife, or separated from him at least, and that because the Justice Minister is being forced to sign the execution order for Detective Jowd, she has left him. And the fact that he can't get in touch with her means that he thinks his daughter's been kidnapped. <laughs> yeah. Um so that that whole side story as well. But um yeah, so we've got to the end and I think probably as Tony's right, the the minutiae of the story are for for playing through and, yes. and seeing yourself. For those people who still want to play it, or even want to play it even more once they've heard but, what's coming yeah. up. <laughs> well, yeah, and so, so where we basically are, we're, we're at the... the Everybody's in the submarine. The submarine is sinking. It's it's dropping towards the bottom of the ocean. Yep. Seemingly, there is no way to... Obviously, with the ghost trick stuff, you, you need some way to traverse from place to place, be it normally phone lines to travel distances, mm. and there ain't too many phone lines that goes from a submarine to somewhere else. Yep. So, seemingly... It's the doom for all. So all the secrets start coming out of who is what and why they are there and who's crossed, <laughs> crossing who in, in this fiction. Um, but there is a way to get off this submarine, they find out. And who remembers how? <laughs> uh, climbing up some... I remember climbing up some stairs, uh, making some stairs out of things, but... Um... 
it's isn't it the 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 only way that you can possibly uh, now save yourself because you can't do it in the the traditional ways mm. is for Cecil himself or the person that isn't Cecil but uh, you Yomiel Yomiel that's yeah. it Yomiel to actually now travel back to his initial death back in the park all the way that's back right. ten years so you have ago. to change change the course of the last ten years yes yes mm. yeah. and this that's is the final interactive section the the final act yeah got us out of there nice and and what you have in essence in this park is you have at that point all three sets of powers all acting at once almost don't you mm. kind of yeah although you don't directly use Yomiel's powers do you Yomiel's power no, no. no. not yourself I, d- I thought that was what was going to happen I thought but then I suppose that just would have rendered props perhaps rendered the puzzles too easy because you would have just yeah, well, moved have too much direct influence over the so, individuals yeah. So, yeah. so what you actually find in the park is actually that Yomio himself isn't necessarily a bad guy mm. he, he's been working for the government and has kind of been framed for their own mistakes um, so he does the well the, the only thing I can do before I get in prison for the rest of my life in this weird prison is to escape and you know that's that's how this scene eventually plays down yeah. he makes a mistake of picking up a hostage for sure um, so you're le- led to this park and there you, you get to rewatch the actual events that happened that day of him being shot um, and then get to completely alter the history of the next 10 years by changing the events in that park which sounds complex and it has, does involve to be quite complex there's three different powers all need to be manipulating different stuff to essentially um, stop him from dying entirely uh, change the trajectory of the, sh- the, of the shard of uh, meteorite that's mm. been coming down so uh, ultimately, those powers aren't given to him, if I believe that's right. Although it does hit the uh, the captain in the knee, yeah, jowled in the knee, in the knee. Yeah. Um, but doesn't kill him. Um, took a meteorite to the knee. <laughs> God, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh, so, the, so yeah, he doesn't entirely die, um, which then leads to some other reasons of how this has been playing out. In fact, that maybe this isn't the first time that this situation has been played out uh, and you're not the first one to witness this stuff happening around you. Uh, yeah. We haven't... Um, so it turns out <laughs> you're a cat um, and you you were the cat of... Uh, I can't pronounce his name. Ya- Yaum? Detective Yod, yeah. Uh, no, Jowd or you, Yod, no. Weren't you... Um, you were just a cat in... Guide. Oh, beg your pardon. No, you're right. You're, you're right. Yomiel's yeah. Yomiel's pet cat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And um, that cat was called Cecil. Yes. Um, and he was his companion all through these years. That's and, right. Um, uh, the scene where at the beginning of the game, where well, not the scene at the beginning of the game, but when Lynn supposedly kills you, what actually happens is um, she fires two shots. She fires two shots, and one of these bullets goes into the suitcase uh, that you, uh, the cat, were current, cat was box. currently in. <laughs> and this cat box, because because the game is from the 2D perspective, this cat box is conveniently behind the dead body that you think is yours. Yes. So yeah. you go through the entire game thinking you're this guy, but you're actually the dead body behind him um which is really confusing but quite brilliant yeah but true 
Um, and the game I sort of saw it coming, something like that, because the, 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 the cat started becoming more sort of, you know, it's cropping up in the corner of the screen and perhaps almost raising its eyebrows. It's like, <laughs> and I was thinking, there's a lot of talking dog in this game. I wonder if, no, they couldn't, that it couldn't be talk. that, hang on, no, don't tell me I've been a cat the whole game. Yes, I have been a cat the whole game. <laughs> and it's quite cool because um, going back and because I played some of the earlier chapters again, it they make it so obvious. Um, mm, it's, <laughs> it's like Fight Club, isn't it? They, it, it really obviously yeah. the the tone is quite different. Like but they it even is like, say <sighs> at the beginning, um, "Oh, I must be this uh, de- uh, this person. I can't see any other dead bodies." You know, <laughs> can you? Um, and you know the stuff like I don't know what science is. Um, I can't read. Yeah. Which yep. at the mm-hmm. time you think, "Oh, well, he's losing his it's memory," he's dead. but it's mm. because he's a cat. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't understand the concept of science or uh, yeah. the alphabet. And the dog, anyway. the do- uh, missile yeah. does lots of this all the way through. He, ca- I love the way he calls the phone the black hello. Um, <laughs> so he he often doesn't he, the the dog often. And you think, oh, he's just kind of a dumb dog. He's and he's just he's you know he's got that classic dog complete devotion to master personality, um, and he sort of he seems a bit stupid. It kind of plays on the notion that. You know this uh, sort of philosophical argument that even if a, a pet could speak perfect English, we would not understand yeah, what yeah. they were trying to say because their frame of reference yeah. is completely different. So what you've got is these these two animals we now know they are or souls of animals. Um, although they can relate feelings and emotions through this tele- telepathic uh, ghost communication. Um, they they don't have a lot of the vocabulary that we would have and a lot of the understanding that we would have mm-hmm. or or rather Sissel would should have as a, as a person um so you you start to realize that all the things that Sissel just sort of passes off as well I'm dead that must be how this works um you start to realize that actually no it's because you're the same as missile you're you're a mm. pet an animal um yeah so You've been the, the super secret uh, companion to to Yomiel all these years. And for anyone listening, this is the part where that we were warning about earlier. Because yeah. if you know this now, I, I'm sorry, it's too late. If you play the yeah. game now, knowing this, uh, you've it's kind of ruined for you. Um, I'm <laughs> sorry, bit. but it you will notice this right from the get-go. You will start noticing the way he talks and the way he interacts with characters he's a cat (laughs) it's quite it's quite a bluff they played and i i sort of admire the way Mm. it's so it's something so kind of ludicrous and cartoony and childish in a way not not in the negative sense of childish but as in it's the kind of story that a kid would come up with it's you know it's the logic of yeah the, the logic used is is a very uh a very childish logic, but but in such an endearing way, I think. I, yeah. I really loved that fact that, that not only had they played on the 2D to make um, Yomiel's briefcase, or rather Yomiel's cat bag, look like a briefcase, mm. so you couldn't actually tell really that it was a, it was a cat holder or anything more substantial than a briefcase, um, which again fits with the notion of this sordid meeting in a junkyard for what reason we don't know at the beginning of the game. Um but also that you couldn't see it behind his body initially, so therefore you didn't know there was anything there. But that's not the only twist this game has. No. No. 
there's a, there isn't there's a more controversial a twist. twist uh, yeah. So um, once you've rectified the the whole situation, you've although ev- everyone re- kind of knows what happened, don't they? Because I think that's part of the the deal. But uh, every you know everybody's friends again. Everybody's alive. Everybody's happy. The wife is alive. Um, there's a some lovely scenes at the end of everyone being. It's the idyllic nature yeah. of. In fact, that everything turned out right. Uh, yeah. Everyone's still, yeah. Now the you know um, Captain Jal now is probably like the head of the the police force. He's doing very well, yeah. and, um, and and Yomiel gladly went to prison and then came yeah. out and and rejoined with his yeah. Fiance. Yeah, I, think, I don't yeah. think we even mentioned that he killed his fiance at some point. The the mum is alive and the birthday cake surprise goes off. Yeah, there's no there's time. no yeah. Uh, yeah booby trap flintlock pistol. There's just some party poppers and stuff. Um, but yes, so. Right back at the start, and a few times in between, you can actually go and visit him. Like I don't know how how, how much the rest of you did this, but going to the wrong location sometimes just to see. Like often it yeah. would often it will say, "Oh, there's no point in me going there." But there are some there are sometimes you could go back to the scrapyard, the first location, and speak to Ray, the lamp again. Who wants to? Who wants to? Who wants this? The job. <laughs> <laughs> so Ray, Ray Go on, uh, Josh. you're good uh, at this now. Is missile, <laughs> but a very old yeah. missile who has yeah. deliberately tried to manipulate these events <laughs> uh, the way they've played out. He is Before. missile. Yeah. This dog missile is the mastermind behind the entire plot of this game. Um, and it's ridiculous. And the whole what's interesting is all the way through the game, you've assumed that you'll you are gonna die at dawn when the sun comes up. But it turns out missile that was uh, lied to you. That's complete fabrication. You will carry on living as a ghost once dawn rises. He just wanted to give you a time limit to, to make sure all the stuff that needed to happen but, happened. But the the neat play of this is that. These events have happened mm. before. Missile has um, seen these events play out. So basically, all the stuff that you've seen, but without you being involved, yeah. and um, they've panned out to be not the outcome that he wanted. So he's now having to run it again with you being in the frame. Yeah. So so what happened was um, missile tried to to get you to help out first time round, and apparently the idea is that you didn't. You went off and tried to solve your mm-hmm. own mystery, and and it had nothing to do with Lynn, and so, or at least you didn't find it in time, um, and you went your separate ways, and he had nothing that he could do to solve this whole mess of events, and so what he did was he sort of. It seems like he might have had different ghost powers that time around, because he was able to use his powers to go back the ten years. And then wait. Oh, he, um, he tried all the stuff he could do, and he couldn't change fate. But what he could do was wait the ten years until he knew you would be killed and contact you in that junkyard. As far as I understood it, that's kind of how it played out. 
and that's why at the beginning he says he can't help you now he's too weak he doesn't have any you know he doesn't have the power to yeah, be I like the way to, that to his little you. Uh, you know sort of classic uh, Japanese game style appearing to speak avatar cameo picture whatever is the only way they could depict him as being 10 years older which is you know quite old for a dog was just have really long hair like he hasn't been clipped mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like you can still clip an old dog <laughs> um, maybe some graying whiskers or something like that <laughs> But yes, so uh, Brad Galloway uh, is, is our only correspondent. Nobody on the forum wanted to talk about Ghost Trick Phantom Detective, which leads me to think that this game is heavily underplayed or underappreciated. Um, Cr- criminally. Underplayed, uh, yeah, maybe so. Uh, <laughs> wow, you'll go to jail if you do not play Could be, Ghost Trick, but right? someone will bust you out from the future who is a cat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Brad Galloway of Game Critics says the reveal with Missile being the first ghost i.e. Ray the lamp was just silly and needless. <laughs> I like the way that Brad decided that this of all things yeah, is one element. Nice. <laughs> he says, in my opinion, it muddled a fine ending I thought. So for, for some people, maybe they'll also feel that way that, that, uh, the, that Missile miss, it should be Missile because it should be the American pronunciation because it's, it's Sissel and Missile. That's the whole thing. The cat and the dog yeah, are Sissel and Missile. The, yeah, the, the the fact that you were a cat throughout the whole game, the fact that all this other completely bananas shit happened was fine, but the idea that the dog <laughs> c- had done this came before. up with it, had done this before, was was yeah, well, that's it, funny. I think I think I think for me, um, the problem with the ending to Ghost Trick is that it feels the need to explain. Absolutely, everything it goes on. About it goes on a plot. long time. Yeah, and I think that's probably what Brad's getting at here. Yeah, because Missile being Ray, which is the desk <laughs> lamp, is kind of the last twist on top of an already convoluted and quite impressively convoluted ending. I think. Yeah. But it is the final twist, and I think probably I've heard other people express the same sentiment that it's just kind of one twist too many. They felt kind of satisfied. The problem is, I don't know how you explain who Ray is otherwise. I, th- Maybe that's you could the thing. I, you. I don't think that Ray could have just been that final mystery that they left uh, unsolved. You didn't have mm. to explain who Ray was Maybe. because the mm. major plot of Ghost Trick had been pretty much resolved at that point. And Ray could have just been this mysterious stranger who, like, well, Machina or Wildcard. Mm. The problem yeah. with making Ray Misso himself, like, I think if he had been an entirely different character that had, like, this, it's just this old wise desk lamp that had seen this all before <laughs> and was continually trying to change events that had passed, and it didn't necessarily have to be a character that you would, you know, kind of. Yeah. So almost in the, in the same vein of Heavy Rain, like, following somebody that has no shows no signs of being that and then turns out to be something entirely different you're like what yeah like at what point in the story was this it's a bit of a cheaper kind of twist than, than the other one because you know you yeah. can explain the fact that you're a cat the whole time through confusion and amnesia but yeah there are probably points where missile should have given himself away or could have done without any harm coming to the plot as a whole i, I wondered do you think it would have fit better had it been you because I was mm. just thinking through it if if you had died the same place you did and had tried to change things and failed but because you're the one who has the time travelling power anyway albeit four minutes but let's say hypothetically you mess with time so much that you went back ten years 
and then you turned out to be Ray. Mm-hmm. From the start, I thought Ray was you because of the red yeah. color of the lamp being the same color as your suit, and yeah. I thought maybe the sort of the idea that it uh, the the beam of light out of the ray would have been like your sort of shock of yellow hair um but it didn't come to yeah. pass it was it was the dog i'm just you realize i'm just going to put on the for the uh the show blurb that goes up on itunes and the blog and the forum and facebook you are a cat <laughs> that's, that's all i'm gonna put <laughs> no i'm not i won't do that that's issue 42 you are, you a, are cat. a cat <laughs> So then, uh, an odd game, probably a memorable one. Um, now let's go around and see if we would recommend that people play it, and if they haven't already. Uh, and, and now they've heard this, I suppose we're in a, this is an unusual situation because we think that probably people who haven't played it, who've listened this far, are we? Re- can we really recommend it to them? Uh, well, let's find out. Let's start with uh, Tony. Um, there's some elements that we haven't talked about, such as the soundtrack, um, mm. which is a really kind of, I don't know, mix between like Japanese pop and it's, it's just really like phonetic. It's really fast and uh, it, it speeds up and slows down in different scenes, you know, depending what's what's going on, um, which pushes you along. Missile's tune is adorable. Yes, um, but there is that one particular tune that plays a hell of a lot, and you hear a lot ding, 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 with the sort of very MIDI-sounding guitars. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but would I recommend this? See, I, I actually have some fairly major issues with this. I, I think the game is bogged down by a lot, a lot of story. Um, it takes probably too long for me to get going. I think twelve hours it, it outstayed it welcome. I think if they could have, believe it or not, condensed this story into being something a little bit just condensed in a more condensed form probably eight hours and i probably would have been a, a, you know found it to be a bit more drawable which i always find is weird when you say i want this game to be shorter but for me it's just the pacing was slightly out it took too long to get going i also think that the gameplay although it it does ramp up towards the end much the same as my problem with the story i just it, it just takes too long to get going for me so I found like my first six hours of the game quite a, a slow experience and one I wasn't necessarily engaged with. And then the second half, so much plot. And you, you may say it's not like Metal Gear Solid, but in fact, that last final chapter, um, there's 45 minutes of cutscenes um, where you actually do pretty much no action. I think there's two Just actions. tapping, tapping, yeah. tapping, tapping. Yeah. Um, so there is a lot of expedition, which is which is fine. You know, you know, it, I. I, I liked it in Metal Gear Solid, but I also found like the gameplay just to be more interesting in, in between that stuff, the story stuff. Um, and just to, to kind of steal everybody else's thunder, I, I guess, one of the things we haven't necessarily really glued onto is that I think um, the thing that actually would, for me to su- suggest people to go and play this game, is the characters themselves are actually very well drawn out. Um, although the stories are batshit crazy, um, the animation really brings life. Lin in particular... Um, who finds herself being killed at every single opportunity and then becomes pretty, like, um, nonchalant about the fact that she's died. Everyone's really just um, pragmatic about the fact that they die in this game. But but Lynn in particular is really blasé. She's almost like, oh, well, just rescue me again. Let's let's move on. I just want to get one of the plot. What does it matter if I die? She's really blasé about it. But I think think it's supposed to be to humorous effect. The, the notion that there is a lot of death yeah in you this see game. dog get run over you see a cat get shot punishment. yeah yeah, yeah electric yeah. chair so the, yeah it's yeah. weird it's that weird juxtaposition mm-hmm. of very you know enormous levity and 
some quite sinister elements that, that the Japanese do better yeah. than anyone else. Yeah. So, yeah, so yeah, I, I, there's aspects I, I really, really dug into this game. I just, I just, I can't help but feel for me it, it slightly outstayed its welcome, and it it couldn't work out whether it, you know the gameplay was was good enough to withhold the twelve hours, and so they filled a lot of plot in there. But the plot was so batshit crazy that at times you kind of got bogged down. And it was one of these games where I you know playing it on the iPad, I had the luxury of kind of just sitting on my bed. I'd find myself just kind of nodding off to like just falling asleep and waking up an hour later realizing I'd kind of fallen asleep on the iPad, which not many games have. Uh, have done that to me, but that that sounds such a negative thing. But it just—it's one of those ones. It's just like the gameplay is very similar uh, a lot of the times that you know you, you kind of just drift off to it. But you could also view it as a positive thing, like uh, you know, reading a, a pleasing but not too challenging bedtime book. You know, mm. so would I would ultimately though, would I recommend it? Yes, I, it didn't blow me away, but I think you know, it's once again, it's one of those games, a bit like um, No More Heroes that you mentioned, where. There's enough interesting stuff in there that I think if you're a you know if you're a gamer you should probably check it out, uh, even if it's just to, to realise that you've been playing a cat for the entirety of twelve hours. <laughs> uh, right, let's have one of the two uh, biggest Ghost Trick fans, James. Mm-hmm. Um, this was I I almost want to say hands down, but that seems too emphatic. My favourite game of last year. And the reason for that is almost everything that we've been talking about. I think it came along at the right time for me. A year earlier, and the story being as bananas as it is would have put me off. But last year and this year, I've really taken to some some of the sort of, uh, I guess, more out there aspects of Japanese storytelling. And it came along at the right time. It was telling a convoluted but I I found very interesting story and the fact that it did so without any um, they're not really cutscenes because they're all in gameplay almost so it's not really cutscenes it didn't break me out of the the game to to go through the story Um, the fact that there's no voice acting it's all done with dialogue but the characters still are some of the most memorable characters that I can remember from any game there, I played. There is year. one voice in it, of course. It's the chef's singing voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that, <laughs> is, isn't that almost um, sort of simlish? It's, oh, it's yeah, more, yeah it, it's it's <laughs> very indistinct. It's more music almost. Totally. Um, but the way it was animated really, really appealed to me. I thought it was it was as smooth as anything I've I've seen and, and really well done. It just showed a lot of care had been put into it. Um, and unlike Tony, I think, I, I was really impressed that for the majority of this game, they take essentially one mechanic and and build on it and play with it in different ways. And I, I never got bored of that. And introducing the other mechanics at the end and the, the sequence in the submarine... Um, I really enjoyed sort of playing around in the environment. I never really felt like it was trial and error, although I can see that essentially hopping from item to item and just trying stuff is is essentially how it might feel. Um, but just hopping around the environment and seeing what I could do and trying to piece it together and see if I could just reset time and do it all in a one or so. I really enjoyed just playing with the mechanics. Um, I thought it was interesting and and. Very simple, but really well done. Really enjoyed it. I'd have no hesitation in recommending it um, on either DS or or iOS. 
Um, DS possibly has the slight advantage, I think. I prefer using the stylus. And you can also use the D-pad to move around as well, which mm. means that you don't have your fingers obscuring the screen. Because mm. uh, I, I, I haven't got to the later levels on iOS, but occasionally there's one or two... Uh, cores very close That's to one right. another in the Yeah, it can be a bit of a pain. I'd imagine with a finger it might be a bit of a pain, especially on an iPhone, probably not an no, iPad. Yeah, it seemed to be fine on an iPad for um, that, but... Yeah, yeah. I, I think the screen might just have been slightly difficult uh, with you know my big fat thumbs in the way. Um, but yeah, so uh, on either of those, and the fact that you can get it for six ninety nine, and it looks incredible, I think, on, on iPhone, uh, and, and plays perfectly. When I was playing it on the DS, I thought this would, you know this would work great on a touch screen. I hope they bring it to iOS, and they did, which I thought was really good. Um, and it's encouraged me to go back and maybe uh, try the Ace Attorney games again, however mm. put off I might have been by them. I want to see more, although it's only the three Phoenix Wright games that um, Takumi's been involved in, sort of, Four, as, I think, as designer. But, yeah. Um, yeah, because I think one of them is listed as composer oh, okay. on the. Um, My um, bad. Yeah, one, but um, yeah, it really made me want to follow this guy and what he does, and I'd love to see more in the Ghost Trick world. I really would. I think it's interesting enough and different story, same characters or different characters, but I think there's scope. There I think for there's that. definitely scope for for different characters with different powers. I mean, they only explored yeah. two powers, well, of three yeah. essentially, mm-hmm. but. You know, I think there's many things they could have done for manipulating objects or even changing them into different things entirely. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll finish with Josh because, again, we like to, we prefer to uh, be positive. Um, but I have more caveats with my uh, summary. Um, the 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 aforementioned stealth stroke escort mission was the equivalent of the infamous uh, goat puzzle in the first Broken Sword game where it kind of changed the rules in the game in the middle um, I seldom appreciate that um, the save system is a bit of a mess we haven't talked about this I don't know if it's different or better on the DS but the saving at, on iOS is, it can be a problem it seems to be random whether it remembers where you were or exactly where you were sometimes you'll turn the game back on and you'll have to go through a whole cutscene again uh, it doesn't make it clear when it's auto-saving it doesn't, um, it doesn't really tell you when you do a manual save it's not very obvious as to which point you're actually manually saving to because it's not it's not necessarily one to one of the point that you are the checkpointing is quite inconsistent some stages of the game it's really generous um others less so and there can be points where you can um get stuck and are forced to rewind but then you are still forced to sit through and tap through i should say lengthy uh, sections of dialogue and text which is maddening uh, however uh, the game has an incredibly sweet nature, the characters are very amusing uh, if not, there's there's. I think there were like maybe I did like two um, actual out loud chuckles which is not that many in a 12 hour game or whatever but it's more than most games um, really like the music, very sort of classic video gamey music, mm-hmm. for want of a better uh, adjective than that. Um, the the animation is absolutely sumptuous, and the character design is fantastic. Um, 
I'm not sure. I think the game probably is a little bit long and a, and a bit dragged out, but um, it's certainly memorable. And and those, you know, the the twist, the main twist, uh, really helps cement that. I think maybe because you know I do, I, I did know of uh, Josh and James's feelings towards it. My expectations were probably high, and it's one of those things where, if I'd played this without having had people saying it was awesome, people who I respect, then and I'd just kind of stumbled across it, I'd have perhaps been more surprised and therefore pleased by it um but that wasn't the way uh but basically yes it's something that people should try and the the fact that you can if you do have access to an ios machine play the first couple of chapters for free mm-hmm. uh it's a no-brainer that you should try it out really and and for fans of point and click and or phoenix right games i think you'd be crazy not to try it um my final thought is that i really resent the idea although i love dogs um, the idea that a dog could manipulate a cat uh, in that way is absolutely absurd. If you've ever if you've ever known dogs and cats, uh, you'll know that that is an impossible situation. My dog knows how to sit when I tell it to. Yeah, dogs. Are, I, as I say, I'm not. I'm not one of <laughs> those people. There's intelligence who, there that isn't just arrogance of a cat. Absolute. Well, cats aren't. Cats are just. Cats are just. Ah, cats are just cleverer. Let's let's face it. They just don't dogs show are, it to the human overlord. Oh, they oh they do, they do. Let's, uh, we, let's have cats versus dogs podcasts. Uh, <laughs> not the movie, surely. No, not no, not the CGI movie. I'll leave that to uh, Alex and Josh over on Digital Gonzo. Josh, then. Um, I adore this game. Um, I love it to pieces. I, I think. What you were saying, Leon, about coming into this with high expectations um, is kind of prevalent because I came into this with no expectations. Mm. I knew people had uh, uh, talked about it and really highly regarded it, but no one I knew and really like respected uh, had said anything uh, really positive about it. So I kind of went in knowing nothing. Uh, and was really pleasantly surprised. There's a whole um, science about this, by the way, which is, is is interesting. I read an article on it recently. The the no expectations versus loads of expectations thing is so crucial in people's yeah. appreciation of anything, music, films, whatever. So unfortunately, it's uh, something across across we have to bear. Sorry, Josh. Um, I think the soundtrack is one of the best soundtracks to any game I've played. Um, one track in particular that sticks out to me is the intermission music that plays between chapters mm. that gives you like a rundown. It's like that bass, uh, almost, you know, synthesized bass noise and mm. then but 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 whatever. I can't uh, simulate it. But anyway, um, I got quite I was surprised even though the characters are really cartoonish and over the top I was surprised how emotionally invested I actually got especially um with Cecil because there were moments the first time you find out um that Cecil isn't who you thought he was I was actually kind of like oh god this guy's never going to find out <laughs> what who he is or what happened to him and I felt actually, I felt for the guy like he's a, he's a cat I, Josh he's a cat I know but <laughs> you know at that point in the game I didn't know that and I just want to keep it, saying that to people yeah he is a cat okay um, but 
as ridiculous as the story, and I'm not, I, you know, I'm not going to defend like the conv- conv- uh, convoluted story and how mental it gets. But I did feel something for these characters and this world, and mm. I think that means something. Um, I really loved um, the puzzle mechanics in this game. Uh, I liked how simple the actual mechanic itself was, but how much they pushed that mechanic as far I, I as they I could. I think I just wanted more. There's the, just there was big long points where I was just like, okay, I, I, the story's interesting, but I, I'm kind of coming to this to actually play the game part. And quite often, I felt like that was taken away entirely at the you know the benefit of the story. Which, which I'm kind of caught up between two minds because the thing I'll remember from this game is the story. So maybe you know, the the job they did was was I don't know correct. But, but for me, it was much more an even an even split. I I love this game for both the gameplay and its story. Um, really, it just kind of caught me by surprise, and for me. I didn't have some of the issues that you guys have mentioned. Um, I didn't have a problem with the stealth section, largely because I figured it out first time. Um, Mm. And the save system, while I'm not going to say it's not a problem, I tended to complete an entire chapter before putting it down. So I didn't encounter... iOS games, though, I know know we're talking about two different versions, but iOS games should never insist that you do that because of the nature yeah. of of a yeah. of a phone game you should just be able to with confidence switch it off flick to a phone call whatever at any point yeah. and i never felt confident and that's that's that actually adds a, a small level of anxiety yeah. to the playing of the game which probably is to its detriment and also the average length yeah. of the chapter is around 35 to 40 minutes so yeah it's, exactly you know, it's yeah. not necessarily just bite size yeah i think that probably had a, a bearing with me playing it on the ds because as it happens, the way I played the game, I I was more than happy to wait until it offered a save point, save there, and then turn off if I needed to, or play on to the next chapter if I needed to. And I, you know, I would just sort of close the DS clamshell and and leave it sat there if I needed to go and do anything in particular, and then pick it back up again. It's not like I was using my DS for anything else at the time. That's, so. Actually, a question before Josh finishes his wrap up is. How long did it take for you guys to play for it? Because I think Josh, you said you played it over quite a, a period of time. Yeah, um, it took me about twelve hours to complete. No, but how long over? Like, a, I mean, you didn't do it in um, one sitting, but oh god, uh, two weeks. Yeah, something like that. Um, I didn't. I didn't. Um, I didn't play this game obsessively. As much as I love that game, that might sound strange, but I kind of played a chapter for a day and then put it down. Maybe played a couple one day and then put it down. I didn't like. I didn't. I wasn't engrossed to the point where I was having like five-hour sessions of the game. But that, no, that may be yeah. a key to doesn't lend itself to, to me because you know, I think I went in wanting to do that, but through you know one circumstance or the other, it became like okay, well, I have now have four days to to get three quarters of this game done. So you know, more of a marathon. And if anything, I, I think my one piece of advice, if you, if you don't want to feel like me, that maybe the mechanics don't. Um, bed well for for 12 hours of, of straight gameplay that you know there it is probably worthwhile for a game to have maybe your ds or your your iphone or ios and and play it over a couple of weeks just one chapter every day maybe i think it also is worth <clears throat> sort of emphasizing that perhaps the way that tony and i played this sort of un, under a deadline or albeit you know self-imposed yeah. 
uh, is perhaps not the most enjoyable way. Perhaps the way Josh and James played it at their leisure was, you know, you just get more out of it that way. You're not getting frustrated by the mechanics or anything, those moments. Um, well, mate, you know, you probably still are, but not to the same degree, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, like Josh, played it over a course of a couple of weeks and it happened to be a game that I picked up because I was going on holiday um, and so went out on a morning safari and you have to come back for the afternoon and sit out What's the sun. What's a difficult life So I mean? just sat at the riverside, picked this up and just loved playing through a chapter while I was waiting to go out on another uh, drive. So it, I've got some real fond memories mm. tied to where I was and and enjoying the story as much as I did just really made this game for me so yeah I think possibly that's the case you, we tend to think of portable but pers- 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 try again specifically iPhone games as kind of as you were saying Leon pick up play five minutes put down and you you feel safe that you'll be able to go back and just pick up again and I'm not entirely sure this game can be played like that because of the reasons you've mentioned so well you'd be fine with a DS because you just close it without turning it off and leave it in yeah, your sleep but yeah, you, exactly. doing that on iPhone didn't really seem to uh, necessarily always no. didn't seem to keep its place as it were sometimes it did sometimes it didn't never quite sure awesome uh, let's quickly do the three word reviews then I'll start the rest of you can work it out Plex Shaw <laughs> says cutest dog ever Vincent Liu Liu, Liu. hard to find uh, Quasimod says Bailey Panic Dance G.S. Mason says James was right That's the first time we've ever had that three word review Yeah I'm just going to say that again just <laughs> just for posterity James was right Yeah, <laughs> Th- Thank you Graham for, for pointing that out It doesn't happen often I'll take it when I can And finally Brad Galloway says Possession and Pomeranians <laughs> The roundup. Then uh, you can play along with us at Cana Rinse if we don't completely ruin your games. Uh, so we don't completely ruin your games. In fact, because uh, if you'd say already played Ghost Trick and you're listening now to this podcast, you'd have already known that you are a cat. Future featured games uh, will include Kirby's Epic Yarn, Metal Gear Solid, Peace Walker. Uh huh. So. What we're doing is, because of the recently announced Metal Gear Solid 4 Guns of the Patriots trophy patch, we're going to switch around the date, the schedule, because it's cool anyway, because Peace Walker is kind of out of chronology with the others anyway, um, and we're also going to talk a little bit about Portable Ops on that one, hopefully. uh, Some of us have played it, I think, and know what's going on. Um, And Guns of the Patriots will now be a month after that one, just so as you know. um, Hopefully the trophy patch will be live by then. It's nice of them. Sadly, sadly news of it came too late for me. I was already into beginning of Act 4 before I actually heard it was coming. Start again. I'm going to I'm going to carry on. No, I'm just going to oh. carry on, finish this playthrough, and uh, trophies aren't exactly the Well, beyond. clearly the word of Kane and Rince doing the review on Metal Gear Solid 4 was the inspiration for the trophy patch. We all know this. Yeah, I, th- I believe so, and I, and I do think a lot of people will be heading back yeah. to it, so it seems like uh, a bit of serendipity all round. Yeah, well, that, um, that should, hopefully that should all tie in nicely with the, I think, end of August, there's going to be some Metal Gear announcement. Mm. I heard alongside the, the announcement of the trophy patch, there's going to be something right. announced then. Kojima so is going to make the final Metal Gear Solid game. Right? 
right? The last right. one. The right. last, last, last. C- cross my heart. That isn't called... <laughs> Revengeance. Oh, God. I can't even say it. It Transferring. hurts. Transferring. Transferring with Transferring revengeance. revengeance. <laughs> uh, anyway, Rhythm Heaven stroke Tengoku series... And Max Payne and Max Payne 2, The Fall of Max Payne. Uh, it is definitely time, you have noticed, for Tony and I to get together and uh, come up with the next bunch of games. When we do, you'll be able to find the schedule on the blog, which can be found at com. Quick rinse videos on the blog and YouTube on our YouTube channel. Uh, Josh, I don't think we don't have this, so I assume we have no way of taking DS footage or iOS footage no. at this point. No. No. DS footage is notoriously difficult. You'd basically need a Nintendo unit mm. uh, designed to capture video from. Yeah, they do it on Giant Bomb, but uh, we ain't no Giant Bomb. No. So, uh, no, you have to look up some promotional stuff. I might stick some on uh, on Facebook on the Facebook page, if I remember. It's easy enough to find it anyway. Just go to YouTube. You can find stuff about Ghost Trick anyway. But while you're there, check out the Quick Rinse videos, which are fantastic. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, which we can be found at, at Kane and Rinse. Our Facebook page is at facebook.com forward slash Kane and Rinse. You can email us at kaneandrinse at gmail.com. Your support for the show via iTunes, subscriptions, ratings, reviews are always greatly appreciated. And of course, you can find us all on the forum at forward slash net forward slash forum. Okay, um, so it just remains for me, Leon Cox, to thank Tony Atkins, James Carter and Joshua Garrity. Here's a little more of that excellent ghost trick music and we'll be back next time with Kirby. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> so cute.